Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Brittany Flavel on the Rider Flex podcast. Hi, Brittany. How's it going? It's good. Thanks for having me. Fort Myers, Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, been there many times. Sarasota, that whole area. Yes. Wonderful place uh, to live. Uh, love the west side there. The Gulf Coast of Florida is very nice. Uh, <laughs> you weren't raised there, though, right? Let's see, t- talk to us. Give us, give us the personal story. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Give us the whole Sure. Personal side, family, the whole thing. Yeah. So I was born in Colorado um, to my mom and dad. And then at about two, my mom actually fled the state, um, kind of like by cover of darkness with me and my brother. Whoa. There's some there's some stuff in there. There's, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, so she, obviously she and my dad weren't getting along. They had a pretty tumultuous relationship. Um at that point in their lives, they were really, they had a lot of drug influence going on. So she left and she went and moved in with my then stepdad. So I was raised predominantly outside of Washington, D.C. and Bethesda, Maryland. Okay. With, um, with a stepdad and my mom and my brother. And um, we moved to um, South Florida in 2000 and. Let's see, it was or 1999, right after the blizzard of 99. Um, How old were you? I was 15, so I was going into my sophomore year. You probably didn't want to move, did you? Um, no, I was ready to. We oh. um, we had like a you know a similar tumultuous upbringing there. Um, so like you mean, long- you mean you mean the stepdad and your mom? They also didn't. It was yes. too rough. Yes. Ooh, man. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh. Well, when did she, when, how old were you when she, she, so she got together with your stepdad though, right after. So he basically, you had him throughout your childhood. Up, Correct. Up through, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I was so actually moved- raised to believe that he was my dad for most of my life. So how yeah. old were you when you found out that he wasn't your real dad? I think I was like a solid, like nine years old when it was really like became a thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, I don't mean to go, I don't mean to go backwards. We'll come back to the Florida move, but let me, so were you like, yeah. were you like, Hey, well, where, where's my real dad? Like what, what's going on? <laughs> I just knew I was different. Um, I knew I was different and I knew that um, like when we had gone to get my social security card um, because I had to have that for like school and stuff around DC, they, uh, they had a different last name for me. And I like argued with the lady. I was only about four years old, but I was arguing with her that that was not my last name, that my last name was my stepdad's last name. And I was like really confused kind of about everything and um, just thought I needed to set her straight. And bless her heart, she gave me a social security card with uh, my stepdad's last name, which then later on caused issues getting my license because I had a birth certificate in one name and a social security card in a different name. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Did, did you ever, have you ever made contact with your real, real father? 
I did. Yes. So like oh, uh, yeah. right before, I think it was right before we moved to Florida. He so you were around, you were around, you were around 14 or so, 13, 14, something like that. Yeah. Like I was almost 15 at that point. Yeah. What? Yeah. Tell me about it. What happened? Did you call him? He called you. Tell me. Yeah, about no. So he reached out. He had been sober. Like, um, I think for close to 10 years at that point. So he wanted to make sure he was sober before he reached out to me and that it was going to stick. It wasn't like a, you know, like a fleeting thing, uh, which I really respected. And then, yeah. And then we built a relationship over the next, you know, several years and here, here today, he's dad, just like usual. So where does he live now? He's still in Colorado, same town. <laughs> well, well, I live in Colorado. I live uh, up north near Loveland. Where's he at? So he's in Granby. Okay. All right. Yeah, did he remarry? So did he remarry and have kids and all that? He remarried. They didn't have kids. She already had kids. So I have a stepsister and a stepbrother. And they've actually been married for like 25 years now. So yeah. Very successful okay. marriage, I would say. Yeah. Well, good for him. All right. So he, you know, yeah. so it was it was rough with your mom, but he he got his shit together, so to speak. Yes. Yes, he did. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> And you have a relationship with him now. Yes. Yes. That's that's good. That's good. That's good. Now, all right. Now, now, okay. So let me go back here. So the, your mom is your brother, not your full brother. Is your is your brother He's half brother? Yeah. I see. So your mom got pregnant right away with your brother when she left with the other guy and moved to Bethesda or something like that. She uh, no, she already had my brother, and she got oh. divorced, and then had me. And then she left my dad and then um, her and my stepdad never had kids. My stepdad never wanted children at all. I see. So, so your stepdad and your mom had a rough relationship. Now, did did, uh, did he move to Florida with you guys or was that with just you and your mom? No, he moved us to Florida. So all he right. stayed working in um, the Washington, D.C. area. He was like one of the largest insurance brokers for health um, employee benefits. He didn't come to Florida? He did, but he he worked there and he'd commute down. So he'd work there for a week and come down for two weeks and work up there for a week and come back for three weeks. And it was kind of different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And your mom, what was she doing at the time? Um, she was always a stay-at-home mom with him. Um, she assisted in his business when we lived in Maryland, and then that kind of went by the wayside when we moved. So. She joined in on, you know, committees. She was always like the PTA mom. She was on every, every committee possible. Is that right? Oh, yeah. okay. Now see that, see all this stuff gives me a little, a little background to, to your personality and who you became. Yes. Right? All this stuff, all this stuff, all this stuff affects you as you're growing up. Okay. Yes. Very good. To, good to know. Are they yeah. still married? No, he died in, um, he died in 2005. Oh, sorry, sorry, 2000. And, sorry, he did, died in 2015. Um, and they had divorced. Um, gosh, oh. mm. so probably like seven, close to seven years prior to that. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. And how's your mom doing now? I mean, my mom's great. She's a very resilient woman. She's always been very independent. Um, yeah, she's great. She's her normal. Does she, ever, did, does she ever tell you about the? Does she ever tell you anything about the hippie parties in Colorado with her, her and your dad? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, she definitely like, but she was also kind of like a really good girl, like a goody two shoes girl. 
So, um, yeah. So I you think know, my dad, go no? ahead. Well, I, yeah, go ahead. You think I, was, I think my dad was like the bad boy, you know, and then I, my stepdad was the bad boy and yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I try to get I try to get my mom to tell to t talk to me about you know stuff all the time because she she they she owned a bar with my dad. I mean they were okay. They, they, they were pretty wild, you know. And uh, now my mom's what is that? I think she's seventy four, and uh, you know, of course, now she's you know church every day and all this. <laughs> right. And trying to trying to get her to talk about old stories is, is very hard. She 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 likes to just kind of pretend like you know that was a different life and. No, yeah. yeah, that never happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, very good. A lot of that gives me some 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 flavor for you then as you were growing up and kind of what you went through and the lifestyle you had there. Were you a good teenager, bad teenager, rebel, like perfect straight A student? Where where were you in the mix there? Yeah, so I uh I kind of barely made it through school. Um studies weren't like really important. There was, really, it was, I had a really interesting upbringing when it comes to like scholastics, I guess you'd say my mom was, you know, went to like an all um, girls college and did very well all through all her grade school years and everything. Okay. Um, and what I knew of was that my stepdad had um, two master's degrees and um, Vietnam veteran and, um, kind of like the overachiever, you know, and yet there was no emphasis put on me doing well in school um, or my brother doing well in school. Like nobody really checking homework, nobody helping with class stuff. It was, it was kind of bizarre actually. Interesting. Wow. I wonder why that is. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Could have been, could have been your step, your stepdad and your mama wrapped up in their own lives. And sometimes they didn't, they maybe don't dip, dip down into their education. Who knows? I, I, I think it was a little bit the same for me. Um, okay. So you barely got through. Well, how'd you get into FSU then? <laughs> right. Yeah. How'd that happen? So when I, when we moved to Florida, I had to go to Catholic high school because the, the thought process was that the public school systems weren't like of any merit. So, um, the Catholic school said, sure, we'll take her essentially. We'll, yeah, we'll take your money. <laughs> And then, but the, the requirement was that I had to be in a learning disabilities course for the entirety of my education there. So, um, that was wow. kind of unique. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of unique. It was actually very helpful. Um, I was, I kind of like bucked it at first. I, I didn't really want to do that. Cause I felt like, you know, like I wasn't smart or something. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was, but I was failing prior to that. I was just failing. So, um, I made it through high school just barely. Um, and then I got into, um, the community college and I figured out that if I did the, my AA, um, then I would be accepted into one state university. As long as I completed my AA, I could be accepted like un basically like unconditionally into one state university. So I applied to Florida State. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, very good. So yeah. I'm picking up then that you didn't you, you didn't grow up wealthy, but your stepdad was making good. You, you your family had you you were middle like upper middle class maybe or something like that. They had enough money to put you through these schools in high school and all that. Yeah. No, we were pretty wealthy. We oh, pretty okay, okay, all right. Yeah. All right. Your mom married well the second time. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. And I think purposefully. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, kudos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Very good. All right. So, but you never did get into, but, but you didn't tell me where there was, there was no partying, no sneaking out of the house, no arrest records for nearing high school, nothing crazy. Um, I mean, I, I think I was a pretty typical teenager. I would spend the night at people's houses where I could sneak out, but there was no sneaking out of my house at all. Um, you know, okay. Okay. but yeah, I mean, I was, I was a pretty, um, I mean, typical. I think typical. I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty typical teenager. I probably got in a little more trouble than some, but that's because I just was, I had really some confidence issues because I was not doing well in school, you know, and I didn't, um, I had to like kind of make my place elsewhere. Um, and we okay. traveled, so we traveled for three months out of the year, um, mm -hmm. because that's what my stepdad liked to do. He liked to travel all around. We had a motor home. Oh. Um, Yep. We towed like a VW, uh, like a Volkswagen Beetle that he cut off the back end of and hung a Porsche engine off of, and it turned what? into a truck. Yep. So it was a little bitty tow car. And then he had one of those Coast Guard Zodiac boats that he would deflate and fold up in the back of the truck. So we had a boat, a truck and the motorhome wherever we went. Now that's pretty cool. Now your stepdad actually sounds like a pretty cool guy. Were you close to him and was it painful when he passed? Yeah. So he was a very interesting man. And I would have told you I was close to him for very close to him for most of uh, most of my life. Um, he was always a little bit weird because he drank too much. Um, so as I got older, I started kind of distancing myself. Um, and actually, when he passed at the time he passed, we probably hadn't spoken in about two years. Oh, at that point. Yeah. Mm. So after he passed much more of who I am and who he was became very apparent to us. So, um, so like I told you before, like two master's degrees, Vietnam veteran, um, that was actually all false. Um, he what? actually never was in the military. He, um, <laughs> whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. When did this come to light? Yeah. So he was, he was a sociopath actually. He was a narcissistic alcoholic sociopath. <laughs> but meanwhile, he's making tons of money within this insurance tons of money. He, he did all the benefit employee benefits for Coca-Cola for United Nations for Hershey's. Yeah. Tons of money. But, and but lived a completely had duplicate lives and a completely false. His entire life was false. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what, is, are you what are you sitting around at Christmas dinner one time with your mom and your your mom's like, hey, by the way, I need to tell you something. <laughs> no, after they got divorced, and actually, it wasn't until after he passed that she told us that he actually had like twin boys in another like state with an obviously with another female. Um, and his brother came out and told us, cause we thought we needed to do like a military, um, like burial and oh. stuff and, um, oh, funeral. And, uh, his dad, his brother was like, no, you can't do that. He was never in the military. That was all a lie. And, um, oh, and wow. then, like, yeah, we, we reached out to like his buddies in high school at that point and college. And, you know, we kind of inquired into like, Hey, like, did he even go to college? Because we never saw any degrees. And even though he was like 
oh, I have all these degrees. Um, he was always very against us with school, like college. He always put college down. He was always like really negative. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I know why, because he's making millions of dollars and he never went to school. <laughs> yeah, partially for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So. Did, how did that affect you? Were you like, I mean, you had to have some reflection moments where you're like, wow. Okay. So I had I mean, some like, like, wow, that's pretty like astonishing. Like it's astounding that somebody was able to maintain that. Um, and no wonder you drank because that, that was a, that was a real burden to carry. I feel like, and not in like a painful burden. Um, so I actually had like a lot of compassion, I think is kind of, instead of getting upset or feeling bad for myself or anything weird like that, I really kind of turned it into compassion for somebody who, you know, was clearly mentally ill. I mean, for lack of a better term, you know, wow. Yeah, wow, did, yeah, did his best to present a life that he thought would be, you know, most widely accepted, maybe for sales. I don't know, you know, like maybe he thought that made him more saleable, you know, or um, I don't now, know. I can imagine you were like, mom, like you, you were married to him all these years. You didn't know that this like, really, you didn't know. Didn't know <laughs> and didn't know anything didn't know okay. a thing yeah yeah kind of scary owned properties all over the u.s we didn't know about yeah what now your mom that had to affect your mom too i mean emotionally psychologically your mom has to be like wait a minute i lived this how many how, how long were they married? yeah she's been very very they were married for 25 years yeah, yeah 25 years and you find out all this stuff I and mean, that has to affect you right she, your mom has yeah. to been emotionally and psychologically affected by that like oh my god I yes. can't believe it. right yeah I think she was and my brother definitely was because my brother legitimately joined the military to kind of like follow in his shoes because like if you weren't in the military you were like considered nothing to my stepdad so which was like yeah. How does, how, how does your mom, how does your, how has your mom moved past this? How does she, I mean, you, you and her have had to have many conversations, I'm sure. Like, um, I mean, we didn't really have a lot of conversations, I think because I was probably the most resilient and because I just instantly was like compassionate. I didn't really, hmm. I mean, I didn't really allow it to bother my space. Like mm -hmm. it was just kind of like, wow, that's an amazing fact. So that took a lot of work, you know? And like, that's kind of sad because you know, mm -hmm. you were obviously in pain like that. You know what I mean? I, I see mm -hmm. that person as like being in pain, you know, good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And like what we did find out strangely is that the only classes he ever did take in college were actually theater classes. <laughs> perfect. So, right. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. How old is your mom now? She's in her seventies. I think she's like 70. I think she's like 74. Yeah. Does she, is, does she now when she meets people, when she meets anybody new, she's like, okay, what's this person lying about? I don't trust anybody. Right. Um, <laughs> she's still like remarkably pretty. I think she's pretty trusting still. So I definitely got that like trusting, hopeful, you know, like genuinely like start off positive side from her. 
when you found out, okay, now how about you, right? Cause I want to tie this together. Are you, what's your social situation now? Partners, married, single, what, what, what's yeah, your, so what's I'm your, married. I'm okay. married and we have seven children and a, oh, what? Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. You got all, you got all kinds of interesting personal stuff going on. You, <laughs> yes, I do. You're like a movie. You're like a movie. You're a movie. A little bit. Seven, are they all yours? So four, four I've birthed, yes, and then three um, were my husband's children prior. So we're a blended family, like a Brady Bunch. I hear like a dog. Do I hear a dog in the back? My dog is drinking a lot of water right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you met your husband and he had three kids already? I did. I had three children already. No, no, he, oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me go back. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. All right. You got seven children and you were both married once before. Yes. Okay. And you had three and he had how many? He had three. I'm, I'm confused. You said you had seven. Let me start over. Yep. I'm, I'm miss- so then we had one together. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 So, all right. You, you're, a, you're okay. So your first marriage, uh, how long were you married the first time? Uh, very short. Very short. Well, it, couldn't have been, it could have been too short. You had three kids. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I had one child while I was in college at FSU. I see. And, yep. And then I had I got married, and I had two children, kind of like a back to back kind of deal. And okay. then I got divorced straight away. So. Wow. And then all of a sudden, you're a single mom with three kids. Ooh, boy, yes. that's yes. that's not easy. That's not easy. No, that was not easy. That was the t- that was hands down the toughest point in my life ever. I can imagine. What were you doing professionally at that time? Um, I was in construction sales. um, And I, so I led a team of um, new home salespeople for new construction um, for custom and semi-custom homes. Okay. And then what you meet, you meet this guy and you're like, Hey, yeah, you're cool. And then he's like, I got three kids. And you're saying to yourself, no, no, we can't do that. That's (laughs) (laughs) no, I actually, I mean, I dated some people who like didn't have children and that just really wasn't a good fit because I see, um, I had like a two-year-old and a a four-year-old and then, um, my oldest son is quite a bit older than them. So he was at that point was like, um, 12, 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, okay. And you, how'd you meet this? What's your husband's name? Chris. How'd you meet Chris? We met on Facebook. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, and then you, he told you he had three kids. You're like, okay, well that might work. Cause he understands he gets it right. He gets it. You know, he uh, definitely, um, I think what I liked about Chris was that he was a very active dad. Um, so he was similar to me with um, my first, um, you know, like first long-term relationship, my oldest son's dad. We never had to have like uh, um, like papers from a judge or anything. We always worked our visitation together. We always worked expenses together. Um, nobody had to explain that to us or work it through for us. And Chris and... Um, they actually weren't married, but Chris and his ex at the time were, you know, very amicable about how they wrote, raised the kids, you know? Okay. Okay. So. Your, uh, your audio is doing that same thing. I don't know what, uh, what, what we're doing now. It's kind of chopping back, but it, can you move, can you move up closer? Um, yes, I can. I can definitely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. All right. So wow, you have, you have had an interesting, and then, you know, 
it's funny. I met my wife. She had two kids and I had two kids. So together we had four. And, uh, you know, yeah. she, when we first met, uh, she was like, hey, let's have one together. I'm like, man, we got four already. Like, really? Do we really need another <laughs> one? So you got and we didn't have one. So I kudos to you guys. You had you, you had six and you're like, eh, let's have another one. Why not? <laughs> yeah, she was. Our kids were kind of having a hard time blending. Um, and she I mean, she was kind of unexpected. We were going to discuss having her like in a few months. That was our plan. And then we found out we were pregnant. So we just decided that was kind of God's decision. And that okay. we with it. Yeah. Okay. Are you religious? Are you, are you, do you, are you a church going religion? What's your, I what's am, your what's I am faith? now. I'm, I'm Christian and I do go to church every Sunday. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you sharing all this. I'm going to, I got to, I'm, I'm trying to mess, make sure your mic is okay. Cause I don't want to mess this up for, for the listeners. Okay. I don't know what it's getting that static feedback sometimes. And I, I don't know. Sure. I don't hear it on my end. So it's hard for me. Yeah. Let's move it around a little bit. Let's move it around for the listeners, for the listeners. This is we're we're not going to edit this out. We're just going to leave this in. It's going to be in the Okay, podcast. It's like literally right next to me now. <laughs> so hopefully okay. it's better. It also might be my computer is a laptop and sometimes it has like a little feedback because the fan kicks on and that the fan is it. on right now. It might be the fan. I think that might be it. So maybe move the mic back from it just a tad. Maybe then maybe move it the other way. Yeah, okay. it was back before. Before was it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just trying no, to throw out fine. any ideas. I can switch maybe to that's the key um, mic. Is that better? Let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> Seven children. What are the ages? Um, 18, almost 19, and then, um, 16, almost 17 and twin 14 year olds who are almost 15. <laughs> and then we have a nine, a seven and a two. Damn. Oh my God. Okay. It is busy at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Plus teenagers and teenagers, uh, just one teenager is challenging. I mean, you got yeah. several. Yeah. <laughs> We do. You got all these hormones flying around. You, you got you got all kinds of stuff happening at your place. <laughs> yeah. I almost think it might be like easier though. Um, because, because sometimes you hear about like the one teenager and they're like, obviously they're going through all kinds of stuff and they kind of seem like the lone ranger. But in my household, there's four of them and they're all just ridiculous. And they agree that we're all just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think you there's like, like, some comfort in that, you know, like, yeah, it's, like, it's oh, possible. Yeah. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. I can see that. I can see that. Have you, have you thought about putting cameras all over your house and doing a YouTube reality show? I mean, come on. We that have be cool. cameras because I refuse to spend time figuring out who did what, because it's always <laughs> like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. You know? And we laugh <laughs> like some of our best moments have been like, for, you know, like, the whole family's there and we're trying to figure out who did what, like, like, I'm like, where did my dish towel go? Like, this is yeah. the last time I'm talking to you guys about my dish towel. I'm so frustrated. And then we're like, well, let's go look at the cameras. And we're sitting there watching and watching. And usually the funniest part is usually it's my husband or I who have put something <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we all laugh and laugh and we just think uh, mom and dad are ridiculous. Yeah. 
That's pretty good. It, who's the tough one? Are you the are you the uh, the sergeant and your your husband's the easy one, or is it vice versa? What, um, we're like we like play we're like dual duality. Like so, when I'm the tough one, he's the soft one. When he's I the see. tough one, I'm the soft one. It kind of works out well, but. <laughs> Uh, very good. Got any re- one more question about the kids, and we'll move into the professional stuff. Uh, you got any rebels in there? Which which one's good? Which one's the tough one? Which one's oh, going to be the yeah. old? So yeah. one of the twins, um, Christopher, he's rebel. Um, and yeah. then the the seven year old Axel, he's a rebel. And I, I'm, not you didn't you didn't name him after Axel Rose because you were a Guns and Roses fan. No, he no. So he was named after like the it's a Danish name for it's supposed to mean the father of peace, and that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kid can't even like touch something without breaking it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, it is fun at your house. Okay, I really appreciate you sharing all that. They, you know, the listeners will be able yeah. to relate, right, to you as a person. Yes. So, appreciate yeah. you sharing all that. Okay, so I want to th- tell us about the business. I, I guess my first question is, why is it called Jay Galt? I don't. What? Where'd that come from? And give us the overview of the business. But but when you're given the overview, talk about the name if you don't mind. Go for it. Yeah, sure. So the company name is Flavel Financial, doing business as Jay Galt um, Finance Suite. So Jay Galt is um, essentially after like who is John Galt, right? Um, have you ever heard of that? I have. So okay. okay. Yeah. So it comes from the book um, Why Atlas Shrugged, and okay. essentially the the meaning behind that is that every entrepreneur is, um, is John Galt, right? So like, he's not like just a person. It's everyone who basically has the courage to take the risk to become an entrepreneur. Oh, very good. Okay. Was jgalt.com already taken? I I noticed you got jgalt.io. Yeah. Talk to me about the, the URL. Will you, how'd that go? Yeah. So, um, actually, so part of what I did when I, I left the bank, a core big corporate position with the bank to, to start my business. And what I did was I purchased into like a kind of like a mini franchise of sorts, but not, um, it really wasn't a franchise. So I was purchasing like rights to utilize, um, like a SaaS product, which is service as a software. Mm-hmm. Um, or software as a service. I always get Mm -hmm. that backwards. Yeah. Um, So they already had those things kind of in place, um, which was where you got to like utilize them. So it was more, it's more like a tool in my toolbox for what I do. And who Um, was that? What was that company that you purchased that from? It's Jay Galt Finance Suite. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. So Jay Galt, I see. All right. Now I got it. All right. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Are you paying them a continual fee now? Royalties no, or something? No, it was just, just it was a one-time like purchase okay. fee. Yeah. Okay. Was that um, a lot of money? Um, not tremendous. No, no. not tremendous. Okay. I pulled money out of my 401k at the time to do that. Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I had to start somewhere and it's, you know, startup costs for anything or, or kind of a thing, you know. How long's the business? How long have you had it? I started my business in October of last year. October of last year, and you took out four hundred one k money to do that. Okay, very I did. good. I did. Yeah. All right. All right. Go. Give us the overview. I kind of cut you off there a little bit. Tell the listeners what what is the business. 
So the business started, so the business morphed into its own being, first of all, right? It started out um, as basically like selling, um, selling the knowledge of how to properly build business credit on your EIN. So completely separate from your social security number, which was a really big deal for me um, coming from the bank because less than 2% of my clients were ever getting approved for um, business products like that. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew why, and we had no training. And there were plenty of things that I touched, you know, in opening business accounts um, or even filling out applications for clients for business products. And I had no, I had no idea what I was doing or the impact or um, anything. And as I kept seeing people, you know, not get approved for things that kind of doesn't work for me. So like my brain's really problem solving oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of went into like hyper problem solving mode when it came to business credit and, um, started seeking out the knowledge and, um, how to actually accomplish it and what factors affected it and, um, all kinds of stuff. And I eventually came across Jay Galt and they had pretty much just launched at that point. Um, and I was, I was interested in what they were doing and they had like some videos and stuff like that. And it was all in sync with things that I had previously read, but it was like way more comprehensive. Um, so I started out thinking I'm going to like change the world. I'm going to sell this business credit building software, you know, that somebody can have a membership to essentially, um, that also provided, we also provide cash flow analysis um, okay. and then um, business valuations and stuff. So oh. I have like, a lot of really valuable right. pieces. Yeah. Um, but I did not anticipate exactly how much of like a learning curve there was going to be. Cause I really thought I had a pretty solid understanding just of credit in general, which I did for mm -hmm. personal credit um, mm -hmm. and definitely for financing, you know, products and things like that. Um, but business credit was a whole different thing, just a whole different thing. Okay. Um, and there were a lot of pieces to it, um, that I hadn't anticipated. So when I started gaining clients for, um, the business credit portion of it, they would come to me with, you know, other problems like cash flow problems. Like, hey, Brittany, um, you know, I'm trying to build this business credit because I have cash flow problems. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. I eventually expanded into like, you know, cash flow consulting because that became a need for um, a large majority of my clients. Okay. Um, and then I branched out into, you know, working with them on just the knowledge piece of personal credit, because personal credit does initially kind of overlap with your um, business credit. And it has mm -hmm. to be kind of tight and right in order for you to qualify initially for some products. Mm -hmm. um, and then as your business credit grows, then you can start to separate and move away from anything that touches your personal credit, which is the ultimate goal is that your business stands on its own EIN with its own credit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, it, it, All right. So it's a, it, it's a, is it a consultancy firm then? Is it really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Management consulting is really what it is at the end of the okay. day. Okay. And the consulting is on how to, how to effectively get 
credit for your business, also cash flow. And what else? And I also do like marketing budget allocation consulting. So like I have a pretty um, fantastic process for identifying what I call is like the golden ticket client. Like, like who is your easiest, um, best paying, happiest client that signs right away that has no issue making the payment who I need um, more of those. I need more of those. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a way to completely identify that hone in on what that looks like as like, if you were going to call them a person and then taking your marketing you know, monies and actually applying it strictly to that demographic. Mm. And it's fantastic what it does for my clients who have had like, you know, cash flow problems. <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, interesting. So this is really turning into a full blown agency, a consulting agency yes. for, for what would you call it? Startup to small or small to mid? What's your target? Yeah. So like, a. Uh, uh, I would say it's typically people, you know, doing at least like, you know, a hundred to 200,000 minimum, um, up to the million plus ish mark, uh, much after a million, you know, they're at a different level. They have different problems at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay. definitely have experience with helping true startups, like, pardon me, like brand new, um, brand new companies, okay. but there's, there's really no money there because they haven't made any money yet. So um, right, I actually right. do that pro bono for some people. So if they come do to you me, take equity, me, do you take equity for that? I don't, I haven't yet. I've actually okay. exchanged for um, reviews and it was kind of more of a process to see how well I could help them first. Okay. Um, and okay. that's become a paid ish service now. So. <laughs> Do you concentrate on product companies, service companies, certain industries, anything like that? Um, no, I don't in particular. Um, I have quite a few um, clients who are in the construction industry. Um, okay. I have quite a few clients um, who are um, who are newer, really. Um, okay, but it's all you're you're not you're industry agnostic, so to speak. Yeah, I am, which is weird, right? But so my my golden ticket client is really a a business owner who has encountered um, some kind of pain point when it comes to credit and their business. And they're at a pivotal point of needing to grow, Mm -hmm. uh, but they need the capital to be able to grow. And they're, Mm. yeah, and they're kind of in that space. Okay, I want to I want to walk you through my situation here. Tell me, you don't have to give okay. me free consulting on the call, but I, this will be a good sample, right? So, yeah. all right, so so our day job here at Riderflex is we're a recruiting firm, right? We're a yes. recruiting and sourcing firm. So, what you know, besides the Riderflex podcast, what we do for a living is place candidates into companies, right? Companies pay us to find people. Yes. So we're a recruiting firm. Um, we're uh, we'll probably do two and a half million dollars this year in revenue, but. When we back when we were doing close to a million, this was a couple of years ago, I guess. We uh, I went down to the bank and I said, Hey, look, um, we're not necessarily in the need for cash. I mean, our cash is okay, but I would like to get a line of credit established. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been told, Get your line of credit established when you don't actually need it. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So I go down to the bank. I'm like, hey, um, yeah, I'd like to get a line of credit, you know, in case we ever need it for something. Um, we are running a million dollars worth of deposits through here every year. So I think I'm a good customer. Right. <laughs> uh, and the answer was no. They're like, no, we don't. You're a service business. We don't. There's no, you know, unless you yeah. want to put your home, unless you want to put your homes up as collateral, the answer is no. And I was like, well, I'm running a million dollars. What What are you talking about? Like, I'm a good customer. Like, yeah, there's 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 a bunch of money in the bank right now. I mean, you could actually give me a line of credit against the cash that's actually in the checking account. Like what? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. So that happened to me. So this is so when we were going to do this interview, I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to ask her about this because this is the exact same thing happened to me. Yeah. So, so then I call some advisor advisory board members and I'm like, what, what the hell? Like what? <laughs> what? They, they won't even like, anyway, bottom line is I didn't get a line of credit at the bank. Um, yeah. I, we didn't, we didn't ever need it. Haven't really needed it, but it would be nice to have it in case something happened. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, here's a, here's a, a couple of little unknowns about bank line of credit. So yeah. any bank product, first of all, um, credit cards, lines of credit, business loans via the bank, nothing actually reports back positively to business credit bureaus. So you are essentially utilizing all your own personal credit. It's reporting on your personal credit. Um, and it's not building you any business credit. So, so what do I, what, what do I do? I need, I know what I need to do. I need to go to jgalt.io and yeah. talk to Brittany and pay her to help me. That's what I need yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. So, well, the first thing I would tell you to do, um, part of what we do with, with jgalt's, um, software is that it teaches you there's 125 points you actually have to have in place to even begin to qualify for business credit products that are truly on your EIN, right? So you have to have all those pieces in place. And some businesses arrive at that, you know, once they've reached five or 10 or 20 years in business, they okay. kind of organically have arrived at all 125 points. Um, okay. But newer businesses, obviously, uh, generally speaking, have not at all. Okay. Um, okay. So you have to be very intentional about true business credit products. Um, yep. Okay. The other okay. piece to that is just that, um, sorry, my dog's drinking water again. You say, how many dogs you got? You got seven kids and what, five dogs? How many dogs uh, you got? We have three dogs, a cow, Jesus. three pigs. Holy God. Oh Turkeys. my God. Okay. <laughs> you, 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 you've got to do a reality show for you. Yeah. Or that. I could call it. Yeah. The Flavels. <laughs> the Flavels. The Flavels. Yeah. I yeah. like it. That's got a good ring to it. Uh, um, so do you get paid? Is it like, Hey, you just pay me a consulting fee one time. You pay me by the month. You pay me from the results that I, get for you for the line of credit. What is the model? How do you make money? Yeah. So when it comes to the finance suite, um, they pay a like one year's worth of membership, which membership is like two ninety seven a month. If you were going to break it down, um, okay. they pay that up front um, for a 12 month term, or they can pay an 1850 new client fee and then they pay monthly thereafter for as long as they choose no contract. So, so I think what I'm just doing, I'm just doing some quick math Four grand, roughly four grand for a year for, for me to pay you to help me get a line of credit. 
Um, yeah, so it takes a year to build your business credit and it actually builds in tiers. So you have to start with tier one products before you qualify for tier two products. And to arrive at an actual line of credit on your EIN would be a tier four product. Um, that year. Oh, this take a year. I mean, I can't just pay you and then we next month we go down to the bank and I get my line of credit. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's not like it's not, not like that. Quite. Yeah, it doesn't quite. It actually takes. So it's very similar to personal credit in the fact that you have to, you know, to, to gain credit, you have to show a positive relationship with credit products, you know, over time. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. your bank line of credit, just an FYI, but a lot of people are really keen on those. I'm not because um, oh. especially, especially during recessions, like what we have right now, they mm -hmm. will automatically go in and shrink your line of credit without your knowledge. And they're allowed to do oh, that. I see. Where so should I, where should I be targeting the line of credit then? Yeah. So there's other financial institutions who provide EIN level lines of credit, or there's revolving credit products, like essentially credit cards with massive, massive limits, much larger than the standard bank, you know, 25,000 or 35,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, okay. Those are really a better product to carry at that point. And that's more of like a, I like to call it the Walmart level product, right? Walmart has like over 850 um, lines of credit and they actually carry like upwards of, I think it's four to $6 billion of debt. And it's not because they can't pay it. They do that purposefully. It's a strategy. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I think you could help a lot of the people that come on the Rider Flex podcast, I mean, most of our guests, you probably saw, they're all startup to small yes. uh, entrepreneurs. Almost yes. every one of the people that come yes. on the show and the, they're talking about their, their business. And some of them are in the middle of cash raise. Some of them are the different phases or whatever, but yeah. having a line of credit is never a bad idea. <laughs> no, not. And see, I would have directed you, Steve, I, I would have directed you um, to a different type of financing. So business products are, um, are kind of unique in that they have like products for every type of weird financing need a business could have. Like, so okay. they okay. have lines of credit that you can get based on your current signed contracts. So if you knew mm -hmm. you had a million dollars yes. in yes. signed contracts for the year, then you could get a line of credit on that. Uh, very uh, easily too. Very well, not. Well, we, very yeah, easy. I need to be, I need to be doing that. I need to be yes. doing that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's really, that's really the best course of action for you being a service-based business. Okay. Um, they also All make right. business products like where as long as you're buying a piece of property that your office will be in, then they will lend to you, you know, with very limited, you know, non-invasive requests for financials and things like that. But it has mm. to be a space that you're going to have your office in and then you can buy it. <laughs> mm. um, okay. Very yeah. good. Me and you, we need to talk. We need to talk, <coughs> talk offline for sure. Surely. Right? Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, jgalt.io um you can also Brittany flavel is also on linkedin um you can i guess you can connect with her there right anything yeah. else you want to mention any any other contact points or, or any books or, or youtube channels or anything you want to mention yeah so i'm coming out in a book in the next few months um right. i 
I'm like a co-author on kind of like a mompreneur book. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah, which is neat. Yeah. So um, and then I have um, several Facebook groups that I actually give out like continuous up to date advice on business credit stuff that clients would encounter. You want to mention those? You want to, what are they? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, to give like proper names would probably be important, right? Yeah. In case people want to join the group for sure. Yeah. So I have a business credit building for contractors and trades. Okay. Um, and then probably my largest group is business credit for female entrepreneurs. But what about the, what about the guys? How come we can't yeah. have just the dudes? Yeah. So, like, so that was like a neat thing. When I went into business, I thought I'm going to, I'm really going to empower women, you know, to get credit and build businesses much bigger and this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, when my daughter would talk about wanting to own a business, I'd say, you're going to own the whole city, you know, like I was really, um, because I was raised predominantly, you know, by a man who was kind of adamant that women were, um, like assistance, but not the actual business owner. Right. <laughs> um, and I always kind of, as a little girl was like, no, I'm going to own a business. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. Does your husband own part of this? Who's, who's on the cap table? Like who owns the LLC? Is it you? Yeah, 100%? so I own the LLC. Yes. All right. All right. All <laughs> um, right. And my Very husband has his own business. So doing okay. like light work and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. How many employees do you, that, now, did you mention all the Facebook groups before I ask you this next question? Did you mention? Yeah. You so there's a few, like I broke them down, like initially kind of by industry because I wanted to see kind of what took off. So like oh, I okay. have a group for um, healthcare companies for mm -hmm. real estate related businesses. Um Okay. Yeah, so there's a couple of different and then for like churches and nonprofits, because they can actually build tremendous business credit as well, oh. uh, which is really vital for them putting on like, you know, fundraisers and things like that. It takes money to make money, you know. Oh, OK. OK. Very good. Good job on the Facebook groups. Do yeah. you have any employees? Are you running this by yourself? How big is it? How big is your team? Yeah, so I have like three employees. That's about okay. it. Um, but that oh. was a lot. And I know one of your questions that um, I had seen was like, what was your hardest, your biggest struggle? And by far, yeah. it was that I thought I was in business to do what I love, right, which is help people achieve their dreams. And what I what I realized shortly thereafter is I was in business to learn how to hire people. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a full time job that yes. I did not love. <laughs> You know, um, it's really, and we could do a whole nother episode on that. You know, once your team and Riderflex now as a recruiting firm, we have 30 people involved and, uh, you know, yes, as the business owner, it quickly becomes a, you know, a human management people organization. I mean, you are managing people and not, and, and not as focused on the business technical aspect a lot of times you're just yeah. trying to get have the right people in the right place to do the stuff and it gets it's it's more like that as you keep going yes um, um yeah by the way if you're listening to this podcast and you're having problems of recruiting people it's riderflex.com is the best recruiting firm on the planet I think yes I give it, yes give it, give it, i agree i definitely agree, <laughs> I agree. I um, by, yeah 
I know we're bumping up against our time here. I could keep you on longer uh, for sure. I know we, we some of the entrepreneurial stuff I didn't have a chance to get into, but um, huh. you'll have to come back on the show. Let's um, <laughs> let's do this. I want to ask you one last question and then uh, hang on. But don't hang up yet. But when I hit the stop on the recording. You've had an interesting life. You, you've you've had a pretty fascinating life and you still got a long ways to go. I mean, you got these teenagers. I mean, you got you got more. More stuff is flying your way. Trust me. I've, I've raised four kids and you know, when you got teenagers, yes. shit happens. So you got, you got stuff coming your way. So yes. prepare. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your core purpose in life moving forward? Like when you think about kind of your go forward purpose, right? Yeah. How would you, how would you summarize it? How would you, you know, explain that to somebody? Yeah. So I would say that I always lacked a person in my life to help me kind of like reach my goals and dreams. Right. Um, and it, it kind of became my, an overwhelming purpose that I had to help others. Um, but it also transferred into how do I teach my children this? How do I be there for them if I'm not that for myself? Um, if I'm if I'm not achieving that for us and for myself, mm-hmm. then how how am I going to teach my children and be there mm-hmm. for them? Like I mm-hmm. felt like I needed someone there for me in my growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be my like purpose yeah. is kind of figuring out how to accomplish those things and sharing it with the world and sharing it with my children and making sure that things are easier for them. Um, not for a lack of hard work, but for a lack of, you know, failed efforts just because they didn't have the guidance or something, you know, you know, you know, kudos to you. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking about summarizing everything here as we wrap up. I mean, you, you got pregnant in college, right? But yeah, uh, you know, and you here you are a young kid, basically, and uh, you, you you weren't married. You decided to have the child. You're a single mom. OK, that was your first major hurdle. Well, beyond yeah. the fact that you beyond the fact that your childhood was different and, you know, you had the whole situation with your dad and all that. Then you get married. You have a couple more. All of a sudden now you're a single mom with three kids. OK. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy shit, man! This is okay. Life is life is throwing me some some curveballs here. <laughs> and yeah. then you, and then you get married to another guy with three kids, and now all of a sudden you got seven kids. And then you figure, okay, I haven't had enough hurdles, so now I'm gonna I need more hurdles. I'm gonna cash in my 401k and start my own company and quit my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, um, traditionally, no, women aren't taught risk. That's a really you, big thing. Risk is not something that you're, yeah, risk, risk is not something you're worried about. I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. So I started out as a, as kind of a risk taking female. I remember at, at nine years old, I jumped off my first 50 foot cliff, literally in Arizona. It was a 50 foot (laughs) cliff and all these adults were doing it. And, um, I asked my mom and she jokingly was like, sure, if you can do it, you know? Well, that's all I needed to hear. So um, I kind of never looked back from that. I remember thinking, okay, this is scary. This is hard, but let's, all these other people are okay. We might, why wouldn't I be okay? And I tried it and I was fine. And afterwards I kept taking 
little risk after little risk, you know, in different capacities in different areas. So I don't think anything scares you too much. It, it, it would take a lot to get you flustered. I think. Um, <laughs> potentially. Yeah. Stuff with my kids <laughs> scares me sometimes, you know? Well, you haven't had a sheriff's office call you at 3 a.m. for one of them yet, have you? I have. I have. Oh, 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 okay. Well. We've had car accidents. Yeah, we've had we've had stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could do a whole episode on teenagers. Yeah, we probably yeah. could. Yeah. <laughs> Brittany, Brittany, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing yeah, about you. your life and your business. Uh, I like what you're doing. It is needed. The business is needed. I know from personal experience. Yes. You know, it was great. When I was the CEO of a couple of $50 million companies, product companies, and we had inventory, you know, and the business has been around for 20 years, it was easy to get a line of credit. And, yes. and then as a service provider and a small business as a recruiting firm, I was really caught off guard when I went down to the bank. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, wh yeah. what do you mean? You want so I really, I think it's needed. I think what you're doing is wonderful. Uh, so congratulations. I uh, appreciate you being on the show and sharing your story. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it very much. <laughs>